0: This is the Everything EV Podcast by EV Powered.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Everything EV Podcast, the podcast dedicated to everything electric. I'm your host, Charlie Atkinson, and in these episodes, we'll be discussing everything to do with electric travel. So whether it be cars, bikes, boats or even planes, we'll have it covered. We'll also be speaking to people from within the industry to get their views on the EV space as well as other features such as electric car reviews, electric motorsport coverage and much, much more along the way. This podcast is available on all streaming platforms so be sure to subscribe to wherever you get your podcast from to receive every single episode as soon as it's released. And please do go back and check out all our other episodes too. In today's episode, we're joined by Raphael Kale, the Managing Director of Swindon Powertrain. For the past 12 years, Raphael has been at the head of Swindon Powertrain, overseeing the company's shift from working solely with internal combustion engines to the design to manufacturing process of electric powertrains. Raphael is here to discuss some of the changes he has seen in the industry and how the landscape of electric vehicles may look in the future. First of all, uh, welcome to the podcast and uh, appreciate you finding the time to chat with us today. Can we just start with uh, a bit of a background to yourself, your role at uh, Swindon Powertrain and and just a bit of a history to the company as well
0: so um i am the managing director of swindon powertrain and therefore i run the show um our company's specialty is powertrains and historically it's all been about internal combustion engines Uh, however over the last uh, six years we have uh, started to uh, Explore electrification, and it's now uh, one of our lines of business. So we now carry out R and work and small production runs of uh, internal combustion engine projects, as well as electrification projects.
1: Okay, so just on the focusing on the electrification projects, Ben. Obviously, you said you've been yeah. working on those for six years now. So. What sort of stage is the company at with that and how far along the line are you with your electrification programs and and, and what projects are you working on at the moment that that you can tell us about?
0: Um, So we we started very small six years ago, essentially um, training our engineers and our company to think electric. Um, And this over the years, uh, going through different projects has led us to launch our own electric powertrains, uh, the first of which uh, uh, we launched 18 months ago now. Uh, It's a very compact uh, e-axle that uh, we launched uh, just at the beginning of the pandemic in uh, in May 2020. Um, Since that, we launched a second family uh, of uh, EV powertrain called HPDL, which is a specific unit um, aimed at uh, uh, electrifying uh, conventional vehicles, where the EV powertrain is fitted in the tunnel uh, of the the, the the vehicle and drives the prop shaft.
1: Okay, and yeah, you said there where it where it's sort of featured in the vehicle. And when you talk about those different vehicles, what are some of the use cases for your uh, powertrains? Where what type of vehicles do they get used in, for example?
0: So. Um, our powertrains are designed for all sorts of applications, but you will find them in vehicles that have been, uh, conventional vehicles that have been electrified. Um, uh, so this includes classic cars, um, but also um, uh, delivery vehicles, uh, all these kind of small fleet of vehicles that have been electrified or are being electrified at the moment.
1: Yeah, just on the on the subject of sort of classic cars being electrified, we're seeing more and more projects like these coming uh, coming out now. And we're, yeah, like, like I said, we're seeing more and more classic car conversions entering the market. How important are projects like that for the overall transition to electric
0: vehicles? Um, I don't think it's important at all in the in the overall picture. Um, uh, because uh, classic cars are not driven much, uh, and therefore their their CO2 contribution in in the whole world is is not that much at all. However, um, uh, some classic car users are getting concerned that the image that they're portraying uh, with their engine perhaps smoking or smelling uh, in in the center of London, for example, uh, it's it's perhaps not such a good thing and so they need to do something about it and they would actually prefer having an electric classic car um, the second aspect is the, the the next generation or the younger people who uh, who perhaps are, have have uh, are starting to earn some good money and they they want a classic car but actually they can't really deal with uh, 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 a choke and uh, 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 perhaps a, a difficult engine to 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 manage and maintain and they would so much prefer having that lovely classic car with an electric powertrain because they feel it would be easier and it is easier.
1: Yeah, from an engineering perspective then, because obviously I don't know too much from a, a mechanical side really when it comes to the sort of engineering differences between an internal combustion engine and an electric powertrain for example, so Obviously, from what you just said then, an electric powertrain is so much easier to service and manage compared to a, a petrol or diesel engine, for example.
0: OK, <clears throat> so in an engineering point of view, essentially, um, the reason why um, electric electrified vehicles are easier to live with than, uh, than conventional vehicles, it's, it's essentially related to how many parts are moving. Um, in, um, in an EV, uh, other than uh, the rotor of the electric motor and a couple of gears in order to um, uh, get the speed down from the motor to the wheel, there aren't any mechanical parts. And therefore, um, the, the, the amount of maintenance and and, 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 uh, and wear is, uh, is relatively little. Uh, uh, everything to do with batteries and etc. they are static. Uh, components. Um, so that's sort of what, that is the, 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 the most of the reason as to why um, uh, they're easier to, to live with. There is a, another aspect, which is uh, the heat aspects in, in a conventional vehicles. There, there are lots of areas which are very hot. Of course, we set fire to, to fuel inside uh, inside an engine, so there's going to be hot areas, and, and uh, that means that components around these zones uh, tend to age a lot, um over time um uh where where in an ev there is not that that aspect of difference of temperatures um so yeah this, this this is these are the basics as to why an ev will be easier to live with
1: yeah amazing and just on the subject of sort of the younger generation perhaps once in a classic car but preferring uh, an electric powertrain over than the conventional engine as such i suppose a big part of that as well is the sort of climate and environmental environmental aspects as well because people nowadays we're seeing almost a social and cultural change aren't we where people want yeah. to be greener and and cleaner
0: yeah and uh you know there, there is something to be said a, a few years ago i was in uh going across a, a big town um with a classic car and uh I was at a traffic light um, and uh, I was stopped, and and and, and uh, a a girl came next to my car with a bicycle, and she said, "Your car stinks." And I thought, "Well, that's interesting. Indeed, my car stinks. It's a classic car. It's idling. It does stink. It's not very nice." And that got me thinking that actually um, we petrol heads, if you like, or petrol heads generally love everything about engines and and we do and i, I still do and i always will and um, however there are many people around us um and 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 that proportion is growing who who have a, a problem and perhaps nowadays see offense in 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 uh, the gases we 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 put in the atmosphere and this in in cities is uh, is obviously a, a problem so um so yeah there is there, there is a case for um Uh, electric classic cars and I I can completely understand why uh, perhaps the younger generation or those people who live in central London um, uh, that's what they want. Just on the
1: subject of that then obviously you just said you're a massive petrol head yourself and have been for many years and now you work with electric powertrains and electric vehicles and I suppose there are stereotypically quite a lot of petrol heads out there but sort of look down their noses at EVs but It seems like we're now at this point where even the most avid classic car lover can sort of recognize the importance of electric vehicles and and they can accept them.
0: Yeah, I I mean, I've I've never had, I've always had an open mind um, and I've never had a problem with electrification of classic cars. Indeed, some classic cars, beautiful ones, have have unfortunately in period had a powertrain that's never been really good. Um, and, and indeed, electrifying them actually makes them better. Um, I also get it that um, uh, I, I am nearly 50 years old, and when I was a kid, the f- we, we would spend our time fixing our own bicycles and then mopeds, that's what we used to do. Nowadays, uh, the kids spend their time on uh, uh, doing video games and those are things. And therefore, when we reach the age of driving and, and, and the age of perhaps buying a classic car, I don't think the new generation have got as much uh, understanding of the mechanical side of things, generally. And therefore, um, uh, giving them the, uh, having electric classic cars as a possibility, uh, just widened the market of of electric classic cars. I think it becomes a real necessity. And the more we move forward, and the more it will be, because eventually people will forget about internal combustion engines uh, uh, as our everyday cars um, become, become electric
1: moving forward then into the future is there ever how far away are we from having a completely electric landscape where every form of mobility is fully electric and sort of petrol and diesel cars are obsolete how far away are we from that future in your opinion
0: uh, very far uh, it will take a long time um, <clears throat> for all the cars to be uh, uh, to be electric um, and and then uh, question remains um is is electric power really the right solution for all the forms of transport and perhaps not uh, certainly it is to 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 do a city driving No question um uh, almost certainly it is for our everyday drive wherever it is that we live but perhaps for heavier vehicles vehicles that need to do a lot of miles in a day or or or, or within uh, vehicles that that need to make money out of being driven and therefore are driven all the time. Uh, currently, the EV technology sort of fails to make that work, really. Uh, so, so, so it is uh, certainly the case that there will be engines on the road for uh, many, many years. Um, but without a doubt, uh, electrification is uh, 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 more and more present and, uh, and will develop and actually um, it makes better every day cars uh, <clears throat> for everybody uh, so uh, it will take many years um, uh, EV will evs will, will, will progress in proportion um, <clears throat> but it will it will be uh, uh, we, we, we won't we won't have no engines uh, for many many years that that i am convinced
1: just on the subject of that, obviously, you said we're we're sort of at the stage where we're not sure if electric powertrains are the right solution for the long long term future. And as obviously someone who's worked with petrol and diesel engines and electric powertrains as well, I'm just interested to get your thoughts on where sort of hydrogen comes into that debate. Is that something you're familiar with Rital And what yeah, what's just your your personal opinion on uh, hydrogen powered vehicles? Yeah.
0: I want to go back to uh, the beginning of your uh, comment and question, and and, and, and in my opinion, it is uh, for certain that um, um, electrically powered vehicles are the future, there there is no question there. Um, But the reality of technology is that it currently works extremely well for city, city driving. It works very well for everyday driving for everybody. Uh, but it doesn't work for heavier vehicles and vehicles that need to do uh, many, many miles per day for commercial reasons, for business reasons. Um, So so at the moment, uh, electrification is suitable to a lot of transportation, but not suitable for some kind of transportation. It's just that
1: last piece of the puzzle,
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I don't know... Um, how long it will take for for technology to make that possible. And I don't know uh, if it will ever be possible. Maybe it won't. So so then you you are asking about hydrogen. Uh, So there are many ways to look at hydrogen. And uh, we can, of course, uh, use hydrogen to manufacture uh, electricity on board and then uh, charge a uh, a very small battery which powers an electric motor. So we're back to an EV. Uh, car and this this, uh, this is perhaps the right solution uh, in the end for for trucks and heavier vehicles generally Um, there are many challenges Uh, it's still extremely expensive Uh, hydrogen is not readily available everywhere Um, but uh, but that but indeed that may be a a a good solution um, for the future of heavier commercial vehicles indeed
1: okay perfect and now just on the subject of Obviously, the government has got these targets of the phasing, phasing out the the sale of petrol and diesel cars by 2030. But on on the subject, obviously, whether we hit that target or whether we don't, nobody really knows. But it it seems to be making decent progress. But your comment where you said that electric, uh, sorry, petrol and diesel engines will be around for many, many years to come. I just wanted to sort of get your thoughts on what needs to be done to and if if anything needs to be done really to sort of accelerate a transition to electric vehicles or if it's going at the same pace and the the two can sort of run side by side for for now. Um,
0: I think governments are doing all they can to to uh, uh, make that change quicker. Um, I think all the incentives out there, the regulations coming forth in in city centres. Um, are pushing everybody to to have an EV instead of a conventional car. Uh, on the other hand, uh, you've got uh, the, the cost aspect, uh, which is uh, still a problem for many people who, who just can't afford to have a, to buy an EV uh, nowadays. And so, for that reason, there will be conventional cars for quite a while out there. Um, and um, uh, yeah so I think the transition is 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 something that uh, will take time. i think i am I am amazed at the amount of pressure being put on all of us uh, by by governments uh, for, for for us to accept and the change and take it on board. Um, and uh, yeah I, I, that's, that's, that's what that's what i I feel well just just
1: on that why why are you amazed that the, the pressure that's been put onto us? do you think it's it's too much then?
0: Um no, i don't I don't i don't I don't think it's too much at all. I think they are counteracting uh, uh, an industry which is uh, an old industry. Uh, we make cars in the same way we've been make, making cars for hundred years. Uh, so there is a big reluctance from the industry to change. And so I think it is for that reason that the, the, the pressure is on, otherwise nothing would happen ever. Um, and uh, uh, but I, I I I am fascinated by by what's going on currently in the automotive industry as a as um, as uh, as someone who is passionate about uh, generally uh, cars like the industry. Um, it's it's a it's a one-off. There has never been a change like it in the automotive industry in the past hundred years, So it's, I find it very interesting. Yeah, just. Just
1: to finish up, I I always like to end these podcasts with asking my guests to sort of get their crystal ball out, really, and sort of predict what the future might look like. And I know it, it always seems like the million dollar question, but I mean, you've been in your role now at Swindon Powertrain for over a decade so, and you've overseen a, a massive change and a shift over towards electric vehicles. So. I was just yeah. wondering to get your prediction of how the, the landscape of mobility might look like in another 10 years and what the landscape and the whole ecosystem of electric vehicles and petrol and diesel cars, how that might look.
0: In 10 years, it won't be very different to what it is now. Um, the, the The difference would be that uh, there will be many more EVs uh, on the road, without a doubt, but there will still be uh, conventional cars. Um, uh, trucks will still be powered by dirty diesel engines. Um, that won't have changed in 10 years time, I don't think. Um, but but, but we, we, I guess we'll be on, on that journey. Eventually, if we look at transportation in 100 years, now the, the crystal ball is really out. Um, and uh, And I have absolutely no doubt that everything is electric.
1: That's all for this episode. Many thanks for listening, and if you liked it, then please do check out all our other episodes, and be sure to subscribe to wherever you get your podcasts from to make sure you get every single episode as soon as it's released. For daily news coverage, features, and much more, you can also head over to evpowered.co.uk. Thanks once again for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode of the Everything EV Podcast.